Are you a guest here, sir? You're Robinson. Are you a guest of the hotel? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Then I must ask you to stop annoying Miss McKenna any further. If you do not, I shall see that you're put out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Call Back Yesterday. My name's John Raby. This is a podcast about Somewhere in Time and many other things. And this is a sad day for a lot of Somewhere in Time fans because Christopher Plummer has died at the age of 91. He died on Friday. And he played William Fawcett Robinson, the manager of Elise McKenna in Somewhere in Time. I just got off the phone with Somewhere in Time director Jeno Zvark. Oh, my God, I thought you were supposed to call tomorrow. Oh, you were writing when it was already Saturday, probably. Okay, how are you? I'm, I'm good, and uh, does this still work? Yes, but you know what? Uh, you know, you're going to ask me things that happened a very long time ago, and I'm 83, almost 84, and my memory is not what it used to be. That's okay. Pe- people still love you. And whatever, okay. And whatever you say, they will believe. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It really is funny. I wasn't in touch with him for a while, but it really affected me. Tell me how. Well, uh, you know, when we did the film, well, first I admired him enormously as an actor. You know, he was not one of those guys, you know, like Roy Scheider, who always said, I'm saving it for the last take, you know. He always was there, and he gave it everything he had, and he had incredible instincts. And uh, he was very smart in terms of the character and acting. He really understood the film, I think, r- really better than probably any other member of the cast. And uh, we got along great. I mean, I was going through a difficult time. And I'm going to cut out a little here because Geno details some personal problems he was having at home in his marriage, uh, and he asked me to kind keep that private. And that's Personal cool. difficult problems, which I kept secret, but he could tell, okay? But we got along great in terms of the film. I mean, he nailed the character immediately, and he nailed his relationship with Jane Seymour immediately, too. And it was just a joy, you know? I mean, he was such a... He was just a great actor, and he was a very interesting human being, you know, with a great, dry sense of humor. We laughed a lot. Smiling, McKenna? Seems appropriate. He's a rather handsome young man, if ill-mannered. I'll keep an eye on him. I'm sure you will. Is he the one, William? Is he? Only you can tell, for certain. It's a little bit of a thankless role, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it is. Well, to tell you the truth, there was more. Uh, you know, wh- you know when he's a little bit drunk and he starts making that big speech? That was much longer. And uh, it was cut a lot, and that hurt him because it was one of his best scenes. I was against it, and I tried to fight it, but Werner and uh, Steve Deutsch, they they said the scene was too long, and they were not entirely wrong. The scene was too long. But anyhow, I think that kind of 
Yes, that's why I think do you feel that there's something missing in that character. There was more. That that kind of does help, but but on the whole, it's just a. I don't know. He's just, you know he's he's the he's the impediment. No, so I you agree. don't so you don't okay. like him, you know. But he but he's got to be there at the same time. Yeah, well, yeah, but he, he was not dislikable. He was, uh, he, I mean, that's why I was impressed by what he did. He made it subtle, you know. He didn't make it, uh, yet, of course, he stood in the way of our wonderful romantic lovers, but he was an interesting uh, opponent. And there's, I don't know, that's the best I can explain it. Yeah, no, and that's the, and that's what he can do. With with that part, I think, and there's there's just I think there's just the one scene where you can tell that he actually loves Elise, but you really only see it in his eyes. Yes, but that's the way it was written, by the way. Yeah, and that was a little bit deliberate because we didn't want to muddle the waters, okay? Because it opens up a whole bunch of cans of peace. It was like that from the beginning, and I like that because I think that if his love was much more present then her reaction would be totally different. And her relationship with him would be totally different. How was he cast for the role? I don't remember. I think we were talking, and then he was. everybody thought it was a great idea. Hmm. I didn't know whether he would want to do it or not, but he did. Why? Well, because I didn't think it was a great part, to tell you the truth. I thought it was an interesting part. Yeah. But it was not a flamboyant part. But you know what? He did great with it. I said we need, from the beginning, I felt we need a really good actor. Because he's in love with her, but that's got to remain secret for Jane Seymour. Yeah. We need a really good actor. And then his name, I don't remember exactly how his name came up. I think, I'm sorry, I'm eating a, um, a chip. I think he added complexity. What kind of chips do you eat in France? Oh, they've got great stuff here. they got stuff called tuile. Look, the food here is fantastic. Yeah, I know. The one thing I'm doing is I'm eating very well, and I cook for myself. Right now, it's kind of sad because all the cafes and restaurants are closed. Yeah. And I haven't been able... You know, at the beginning, I had a great lifestyle. I'd stay here... Uh, for a month or so, and then I go to England for a couple of weeks. But I haven't been able to do that because of the COVID. I haven't seen my wife and my youngest son in almost, since Christmas. Now, tomorrow night's performance. Remember, stay ahead of them. Keep the mystery. Always the mystery. Excess within, within control. control. But he was, I mean, I loved working with him. He had such a presence, man. The minute he was there, he was totally there. I mean, he was good. He was just good and professional, and he knew his craft. He was a real craftsman, which, you know, um, was refreshing. He never asked stupid questions. He never, uh, you know, uh, he always knew basically, I mean, the questions were basically about the scene and so on that, but he understood the, the character immediately. Yeah. As a, as a director, how did you, how did you work with him then? What, what kinds of uh, discussions did you have about the, the role, for instance, or, or how did he take direction when you gave it to him? Oh, uh, great. No problem. But, you know, whenever I... I used to direct, I used to always 
give directions. I never gave all my directions at once. I used to do it a little bit at a time. And usually it's minor stuff, you know, unless that you're dealing with an actor that has a totally erroneous, you know, concept of the scene and is doing something totally wrong. But he never did that. But then it was just small adjustments because I always had the whole picture in my head. So when he asked me why, I, I would explain it to him, you know, because of this happens later and stuff like that. The cast and crew on Mackinac Island that summer, they were, they were tight-knit. They worked together very well. I have heard that he kind of stayed aloof from that. Is that true? Yeah, he was. He was private. It was not an aloofness. It was just that he liked his privacy. He was a private person. He didn't like to mix and, uh, you know, go to big parties and do shit like that. Did that make it difficult for the cast and crew? I don't think... Well, it didn't... I accepted it, okay? I didn't think he was a snob or anything like that. I understood he was just private, and he was he liked to be alone. Also, he was older, you know, than, than the rest of the class. Uh, but I accepted it. It didn't bother me. I, I didn't know that it bothered, that other people thought like that. Um, and, and did you see that the New York Times headline for his obituary was uh, Christopher Plummer, star of The Sound of Music, dies at, at, at you know, I, I think it must have made him roll over in his grave if he had been buried yet. Yeah, but I read that he came at peace. We talked about that, by the way. He oh. hated that movie. Yeah. I told him, I said, Chris, it's a huge hit worldwide. I don't know. There was something about it he didn't like. Maybe he thought it was too... Uh, well, you know, there's something very phony about the movie. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But I liked it. The magic worked for me. But I was aware that a lot of it was phony. And it's, it's just so schmaltzy. It's... Yeah, it's schmaltzy. And also the way they portray that period... It, it was much, much darker, man, and much, much more intense with the Nazis and all that. Yeah, you don't you don't steal the Nazis' carburetor or whatever and, no, and get no, away the, with the it. No, no, the Nazis are based Nazis. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. I don't. I actually don't think it's a very good movie, and I could see why he would. You know something? I saw the movie late. It was a huge hit, and I I kind of succumbed to the magic. It is not a very good movie, and it is very saccharine, you know. But it, in a strange way, it works, and I think a lot of the credit of why it works is Julie Andrews. Man, she was, you know, three years in a row, she was the star of the number one box office hit in the United States with uh, Sound of Music and Mary Poppins, and then Hawaii, which is a movie most people have forgotten about. Yeah. So, so you said that Chris came to Christopher Plummer came to. Uh, have have some peace about it. Well, I read in some of his yeah. bits in an interview. He said that finally he came to terms with it. He didn't hate it as much. Yeah, when I talked to him during the picture, he really hated the picture. I mean, he didn't even want to talk about it. Yeah. No, he was honest. He said, "Look, I always regretted doing it." Uh, is there anything more about Christopher Plummer, or can I leave you to your delicious chips in France? No, look, all it is, look, he was a great actor, and I thought he was a very interesting and, and, and a valuable human being. I don't know if valuable is the right word. I know he liked his privacy, but that never bothered me, because I'm a little bit like that, too.
I mean, I, I'm almost like a hermit here now that I can't go to England, you know. But he was, I tell you, he was a real actor, you know, no bullshit. I mean, he had the craft, he had the gift, and I think he had the passion for the métier. You know, even whatever he did, he, he did it entirely. He committed. He didn't hold back. Do you have any notion how many years I have been with Miss McKenna? Since March of 1903. March 1903. That's correct. She was 16 at the time. There she was, on that dingy stage, in that pathetic play. Total radiance. It only took seconds for me to realize exactly what she had to be. Mrs. Robinson? Do you actually believe that I have nurtured her, cared for her, molded, taught, developed her for all these years, merely to groom a wife? What then? A star. Only someone with a limited awareness of your age could possibly conceive that my entire passion for this woman is no more than physical. Are you incapable of understanding that she has it within herself to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest actress of her generation? I owe you an apology. I understand you now. You have nothing but the best motives in mind for her. And you but so do I. Of course, she'll continue to act. She will continue to grow. And she will become everything you want her to be. With you at her side? Yes. With me at her side. Never. My God. You really think you own her, don't you? Collier, I know who you are. Ever since you came here, I've known from the start. You came to destroy her. God, you're out of your mind. All righty. I really okay, thank you very much. I hope you're well. I, I am well, and I really appreciate you talking with me. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. A bientôt. A bientôt, oui. Merci. <laughs> Merci bien. Somewhere in Time director Jeannot Vark on the line with me from France. Callback Yesterday is produced, written, recorded, and directed by me, John Raby. Our theme music is performed by The Van Dyke Parks, and our logo is made by Michael Ulencott. Additional support from Bermuda's Projects in Los Angeles. Join me soon for the next episode of Call Back Yesterday. Thanks for listening.